Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 37th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Alan. Hey, I'm feeling really good. Life is amazing. And you know what, guys? I'm not sure if I say this enough, but I love you guys. Sincerely, I think you're amazing, SBJ. And Sean, you know I love you. <laughs> Sean's I'm not sure if SBJ here. believes it, but uh, thanks. Thanks for that, Sean. But yeah, <laughs> it's true. From the bottom of my heart, you guys are amazing. 37 episodes. That's a huge milestone. The old 37-episode milestone. We're officially past my age. Perfect. That's good. We have some stuff. To, oh, I should say that this is a podcast about board games, tabletop games, role-playing games. Also with us here today is Sean. Jesus I Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the cue. You were supposed to pick up on it. I, I also love you, gave Sean. You, you should know that. A but you minor didn't pick cue. up on it. I'm here. Life is good. Life is busy. Kickstarter's going crazy. This is a podcast about board games, tabletop <laughs> games, card games, everything game-related. And also, uh, you know, people email us about questions about their personal life. Sometimes we talk about that, too. Hey, I, yeah. like, I like those questions a lot. <laughs> Me, too. That was a good episode. I got a lot of feedback from the episode where we answered the emails and uh, got into some great discussion. I even talked to Greg Leatherman, your DM, SBJ, from Dungeons and Dragon Nights, and we had a nice conversation. He called me out and not acknowledging that Boris, he himself, was homosexual in that email. And I was just dumb. Like, I didn't realize until Sean started saying, like, oh, and Boris, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. And I was like, oh, shoot, that's crazy. Anyways, I'm rambling. That's all right. I love you guys. We ramble here. We got <laughs> our, our topic of the show. This is going to be the, this will come out the Tuesday of Origins. And I believe Origins starts on Wednesday. Or does it start on Tuesday? It's like a long show for not it being Gen Con. It starts Wednesday, but Wednesday's like setting up. Okay. And whatnot, not a ton of people go on Wednesday. Thursday is like the actual when things happen, but they say Wednesday to Sunday. The okay. hardcore people are at like Big Bar on two. There's like 12 people starting their games already, you know, organizing their magic cards, that whole thing. Getting those fresh sleeves. Well, before we talk about Origins, Sean was at Board Game Geek Spring? Spring. I was. We didn't get your, we didn't get your thoughts on that last week. We had Stephen Avery uh mimic your thoughts but they probably weren't completely accurate to what you've experienced there what a great guy steve uh bgg spring is smaller than bgg con um still totally focused on people playing games which is great uh they got the board game library out they got the free games it's i mean it's very much just like bgg in november if you've ever been except there's just fewer people there so i went i met up with one of our big time volunteers and actually paid contractors now, uh, Michelle, um, got to hang out with her and her <laughs> boyfriend, David, uh, had a good time with them, uh, played some world championship Russian roulette, uh, and just sort of kicked it, you know, uh, fun show, got to show the game off. Liked Here's that. the amazing thing. I didn't realize Michelle was cheating on Derek with this guy named David. <laughs> did I say David? <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek. You're not listening to this podcast. Derek and I actually had a lot in common, though, which is crazy because he is a big uh, role play, role playing gamer. Yeah, role he does it regularly. RPG, -er. yeah, yeah, and has with the same people for like ten years or something. Wow. So we we talked, you know, Pathfinder, and he's 
it's it's really interesting because I've mentioned this before. A lot of the people I know are are now getting into indie gaming and story gaming, um, and preferring you know narrative rules to more mechanical rules. Um, and my background is totally the opposite, where I had a little bit of role playing experience, you know, in high school, and then got really into indie gaming in college, and slowly been working my way back to you know almost like little white book original Dungeons and Dragons 1977, trying to find a copy of Chainmail. Uh, so my experience has been the inverse, but anyway, let me ask the, uh, awkward question. Interrogation time. Spotlights on you, Sean. Hey, how much world championship Russian roulette did you play? AKA how much of your job did you actually do? Do you want the real answer? Do you want the lie? (laughs) Uh, surprise me and see if I can figure it out. I played 12 games of world championship Russian roulette. I think that's the lie. That's the lie. Ah, <laughs> you lazy son of a bitch. I love you. So, I no, played still- 200 games. No, uh, it was, uh, it was hard. You know, I set timers and, you know, set up a table and try to get people going. Um, but the person I played with really enjoyed <laughs> the game. And, uh, we kept playing a couple times. Uh, he had a lot of fun. He was local. You know how, like, at BGG Con, you're in that big room with all the tables, and there's the players needed, players wanted, teacher wanted signs that are going around. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the same thing here, except there's barely any foot traffic. Like, everyone's playing a game, and no well, one's, like, walking around looking crowded, at tables. It's basically, is what you're saying. It's just Exactly. It's so just the exact same thing. Even if you put up a flag, not many people came by, is what you're right. saying. Yeah, yeah, so at KublaCon, I did that. I put up the flag, and a lot of people showed up. But you know what? You know, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to give you any crap about it. I'm just glad you showed up. And, you know, we had no formal event for it. We didn't do any advertising for it except talking about it on this show. So, hey, you did what you did. It was so. good to have it around. Good to be talking about it with people, that kind of stuff. You know, I ran into people that I know in the industry, and we talked it up and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I'm excited because we're about to release our social goals on our Kickstarter page so we can provide people with free print and play games if they review this podcast or follow us on SoundCloud or the tweets or all sorts of jazz. So I'm excited to. I am too, because, um, you know, we're about halfway through a Kickstarter campaign right now and we're chugging along slow and steady. Um, we've, we've gone through, I think what we've, I think we've gone through our lull. I think things are picking up. In fact, it was either yesterday, the day before was our number four highest day so far, which is great. But I like a Kickstarter campaign to build and to change and to have new things introduced as time goes on. And that's always been a big discussion. Um, Like, do we announce social goals right at the beginning or do we announce them later? And I feel like if you announce everything right at the beginning, if if your page is 100% complete and it doesn't change, it's actually more stagnant than if your page has less information than you need and you add a little bit more every day or every couple of days. And that's something I like, that the social goal sort of push that we're going for right now is a new thing. It changes the story about what's going on with the game and, and it hits a different audience. Yeah. It's like, you're talking about my sex life. I do a whole bunch of preparation and then two and a half minutes later, I'm like, all right, well, sorry. Change the story. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pizza. But, uh, maybe but we'll speaking of which time. topic of the episode, what a great segue. Excuse me, Sam, do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of you guys talking because it's Origins, but uh, Origins is coming up. Yeah, you get to be there, SBJ? Uh, I am probably not, no. 
Ah, you had some family home. thing or something, something or other. Yeah, I, I, Irene's parents decided that they wanted to visit, and that was the weekend they picked. Mm. So I was telling SBJ like, so I haven't hung out with SBJ. You and I haven't hung out really in person that much at all. In fact, most of the hanging out we've done was at one Gen Con for a little bit, maybe. Would you say so? Yeah, yeah, it was that last Gen Con we went to. I actually like I'm looking forward to hanging out with you and, and like I kind of miss you because we've been talking, you know, almost once a week for the past <laughs> six or seven months. And it's just so weird how um, trade show convention friendships are sort of born that way to where it's like summer camp. It's like we've been pen pals for a year and I feel like I know you better because we've worked together and talked a lot, um, even though we haven't spent any actual time together in meet space. Yeah, I was uh, I. I probably have the opportunity or the sway to you know come down by myself to ohio i i don't know if if i could i don't know what what's the word bring I'm looking irene for. Like, sure bring irene is that what you're about to say no because her parents are coming to town so i would have to come solo and i don't know if i could tolerate an eight hour 16 hour round trip drive by myself for you know i'd have to I'd have to come down, I'd have to leave Sunday morning, and I'd probably come down, like, Friday morning, so that's, like, only a day and a half, and I don't know if that's worth 16 hours, you know what I mean? What's the longest you guys have ever driven to get to a show? To a show, or just period? Like, to to a convention, like, to something like that. Probably, like... Uh, That's just Gen Con ever... No, wait, Gary Con may have been... Gen Con's four hours for me. Five hours because of the time zone difference. Yeah, Gen Con, how far away is that? Is it six-something hours, Sean? I think it's like six-something hours for us. I think, I think so. I think it's about six and a half. You have a speed. Didn't you drive all the way up to Origins one year? From Austin to Columbus, Ohio, we drove, I want to say, 14 or 16 hours. It was. I think it was three or four shifts of four hours with me and my friends back in college. And we had no idea how a convention was run. We didn't know about events. We didn't know about event registration. We didn't know event registration could be a hassle. And uh, we didn't have any money. We ate only uh, White Castle the entire time. I bought the Akira soundtrack and an album by the Black Mages, a uh, heavy metal Final Fantasy cover album, and uh, played DS most of the time and looked at Warhammer miniatures. I think played a game of like Shabal Harry Roach with uh, Misha, but that was about it. That makes it really memorable experience. What are some of your most memorable Origins experience, SBJ? None, because I've never been to Origins. What? I didn't even realize that. Oh, wow. No wonder why you weren't enthusiastic about this topic. You're like, well, this is going to be you guys talking because you're not going and you've never been. Damn it. I didn't know. Do you like going to conventions, SBJ? I do. I like them a lot. Uh, I'm a big convention fan, and that's like why I was looking forward to Origins. But I, I think people like I'm always the driver on road trips, and that's fine because uh, I was telling you Little guys. Little known fact: SBJ has to be behind the wheel. Is that true, SBJ? Yes, I I do not like when other people drive. It makes me super nervous. And there's like two of my friends that I'm okay with them driving, but I've also are known you a them. good driver? Yeah, yeah, and I'm also freak? I'm also like the person that goes uh, like 68 in a 70. <laughs> are we still talking I'm about driving, that. or are we talking about this podcast? <laughs> Boom! Alan always drives us because we take his dad's van that has this this myriad number of problems. Like you know, you got to get the brakes started, so you have to like pump the brakes a little bit before they go the first few times. If you um, use the the driver's side pass uh, back door, my dad will freak out because it will fall off the hinges, and then my dad will be pissed. 
So <laughs> what I was going to say is like, I think a lot of people underestimate how exhausting driving can be, especially once you hit like the six to eight hour straight limit. So again, I could probably sneak down there for like a day and a half, but I don't know like how exhausted I would be after just driving eight straight hours to get there. And then like knowing in like 32 hours, I have to do that drive back. It's tough. If you want to round up some friends to bring with you, I'm, I'm more than happy to help with that. Yeah. I, I was talking to one friend, but he was like, I don't know if I can get off Friday. I was like, well, if you can just like get off Friday, we could leave Thursday night and that's way more time. And like, that's, we don't have to worry. We can like sleep more. in when we get that's basically there. The whole show. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, but, uh, I wish I could promise you that I would totally make it worth your while if you came down, but I don't want to put those stakes up because I have no idea how the show will go and it would suck if I made that promise and didn't fulfill it. Yeah, it's It's kind of a chill show. It's hard for me to tell my friends on it too because I was like, I've never been, so uh, you want to do this? It's fun. There's a decent dealer hall. It's not as big as Gen Con, obviously. Um, There are games everywhere all the time. I would say it's somewhere between BGG Con and Gen Con in terms of... Uh, how big the like selling aspect is and how big the gaming aspect. I mean, Gen Con's just a lot of everything. I'm not going to say they don't have gaming there, but the selling portion is just so massive. Yeah. That, like, every now it's kind of known that Origins, you lose a bit of money as an exhibitor there. So you go there for fun and for marketing. Uh, that's just the word on the street. We don't know because we've never actually had product to sell at Origins. This is going to be our first time selling anything at Origins. Yeah, I think Sean really nailed the nail on the head. That was Mm -hmm. a weird way to say that. Anyways, where he said it's kind of between BGG and Gen Con, because Gen Con is definitely about the mega events and the huge exhibitor hall. It's the biggest game tabletop convention in America. Am I wrong? I'm right. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm right. It's only growing. Then you have BGG Con, where it's the exhibitor hall's laughable. I mean, it's really cool, and I enjoy the exhibitor hall, and you definitely get more attention in the exhibitor hall since there's not as much traffic there. But it's all about the people and the open gaming. So not so much the events, but the open gaming hall. And then somewhere in between is Origins. And I hate to say this, Origins used to be my favorite, but I have to say, after this last, last BGG Con, I think it... Pass it up in my heart. I really love BGG Con now. But we've been having some hiccups with Origins behind the scenes a little bit because the other thing a lot of people don't realize about Origins is it's nonprofit. So a lot of companies in the past have said, well, we're not going because we don't make enough money and there's these rules. But it's run by a nonprofit organization. They're not like sticking pocketfuls of money in their pockets. Am I wrong? Sean, help me out here. No, it's run by Gamma, uh, the Game Manufacturers Association Alliance or whatever. They're essentially the board game publisher's trade organization. Um, So their whole point of running Origins is to increase, you know, awareness and experience for the hobby in general, which, you know, I'm sure is also the mission of Gen Con. um, but Um, But with Origins... You know, that's explicitly what they're trying to do is just make the hobby a little bit bigger and better and introduce a lot of people to it. Families, kids, that sort of thing. You know, Origins was my first convention and uh, it was my first big convention when I worked at Mage Wars. And so I, I really love it just because there's there's time to, like, catch up with people like at Gen Con, like Board with Life will be there and we won't say one word to each other because everybody's just doing shit all the time because there's so many things you got to check off. At Origins, you could say like, let's grab dinner tonight and go play a bunch of games and that could be like what you do that night. But with Gen Con, it's just blah, 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 like everybody's going full speed. 
Yeah, Gen Con's exhausting for exhibitors, especially if you're running events too. But speaking of events, I don't want to besmirch Origin's name, but this is basically what's going on behind the scenes. We pay for a booth, and then we have to pay for badges beyond two badges. So we have a team of seven people going. We have mostly just great friends. There's Don, of course. He's always our go-to guy. We have Gregory, who I mentioned. He I play Overwatch with him. That's going to be his first gaming convention. We have Saul. We have good good people going. It's going to be cool. Patrick Connor from Mage Wars is coming. I'm not sure if I even told you that, Sean, that Patrick's coming. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. Yeah, we That's got Patrick. Awesome. So the reason we needed all these people, though, is because we're also running the World Championship Russian Roulette Tournament at the same time, the first one ever. But the weird thing is I scheduled these events very specifically at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock on Friday. Same thing on Saturday, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And then 6 o'clock on Saturday is the finale where all the finalists from those six earlier competitions go to compete it out, figure out who it is. We're doing the same damn thing at Gen Con. But here's the thing. Chances are really good. Gen Con will be the first world championship Russian roulette because on the event grid, they messed up and it's it says one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock on Thursday and one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock on Thursday. So it's one of these things. It's like, uh, actually, I, I realized I just screwed up explaining that they scheduled. Yeah, no, I did that right. They scheduled everything on Thursday twice and twice. Exactly. And it we don't have enough copies of the game to do that. We don't we don't have enough space to do that. And did I've just, contacted them oh, okay. for months. Did I break up? No, I was going to say, did you try to contact them? <laughs> oh, yeah. I have copies of emails. And the last one I sent out, I actually forwarded to a whole bunch of other people that works at Gamma, including Betsy, who's an amazing organizer and I would consider a friend. And I said, Betsy, this is what's going on. Still nothing, nothing. Keep in mind, this is after I got someone on the phone, and this was like three months ago saying, hey, I noticed that this is wrong, and they said, okay, no problem. And over the phone, they said, it's fixed. Still not fixed. Maybe it is fixed, and it's just not showing on the event grid. I don't know. Maybe when you actually go to sign up, it changes the time, but I didn't try that. So there's a good chance that we won't even be having that event, which stinks because we paid for advertising for the event and we're handing out free copies of Duel. Yeah, for people who stop by the booth and we're supposed to be saying, here's your free copy of Duel, but you should really check out the World Championship Russian Roulette Tournament. But mm, probably not going to be an option. We so would, yeah, one of the things they've done on the event grid, because I'm taking a look at it now. Yeah. Is it's exactly like you said, Alan, except on the Friday one o'clock is so everything's set for Thursday, except the Friday one o'clock is set for Friday at one o'clock. So it's possible whoever helped you fixed one of them, not realizing or, you know, not accomplishing fixing the rest of them. Right. But the finale is still at six on Thursday. So correct. so <laughs> it goes. It goes one, two, three, Thursday, one Friday, two, three, Thursday, six Thursday. So like, it's definitely fucked up. It's just like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine like, how do you fuck this up? And I'm thinking somebody goes in and says, okay, well, one of them's on Friday, Friday fixed. And it's like, no, no, you got to fix the next one Friday, the one after that on Friday and the one that's supposed to be on Saturday. Yeah. Um, 
So here's what we're probably going to end up doing is we'll probably just find some unused corner of Origins and send people who come to our booth to play World Championship Russian Roulette there. Like, hey, if you want to play it and try it, you don't have to cram in here at our booth. We have games being played right now of it upstairs outside of the ballroom. That's probably what we'll end up doing. And I'm going to call and yell at them some more, too, when I get to Ohio. And we have we're 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 in sync. We're next to each other smelling each other's bo and man getting all stressed out and you know the whole the whole nine yards for you know origins prep hey i'm really looking forward to seeing you last summer you got to live with me between origins and gen con but this year a couple months month and a half or two two and a half months something like that it was a while yeah yeah we definitely got it was like we were roommates you know it was not like i was staying with you it was like right I, I would come here. down into our basement where you're living and be like, so uh, this is how you keep your room, huh? This is this is the state of And state I'd of be play. like, leave me alone, ma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was totally roommates. Yeah, absolutely. But our pizza preferences fit together perfectly. We he likes only meat. Pizza. I liked only vegetable. But now I'm vegan, so I don't even eat pizza. <laughs> Such a loser. Such a loser. All right, you want to move into some table talk? Yeah, let's make it quick. Captain Chessbeard is surly. Um, what have you been playing, Alan? Let's start with you. Let's hear the list. It's time for the table talk. <sighs> Your list is short, Doctor- by the way. Yeah, well, I, I've shortened it because I leave out the repeats. Like, if we've already done an elevator pitch for it or explained it, I take them off because it's almost a given. We always play monikers in some form but here they are <clears throat> hold on i have a new game for you that i want you to start doing okay on the podcast this is exciting because normally i'm the one who comes up with these stupid ideas so it's really exciting <laughs> that you're coming up with one here's my stupid idea you always have a really long list of games and i've never heard of almost any of them so what i'd like you to do is start making up one of them and then we'll try and guess and figure out which one of the games was not a real game oh that's not bad that's not bad. All right. So we'll have to do that next time, though, I'm assuming, because you're looking at yeah, the Google Doc. That's some homework for next time. Next time, just throw in a game. You know, I'm not going to do any research or look them up at all. And uh, you'll give us the list, which there's always a list. And we'll try and see, you know, like, what is what is, what is Tiger Stripes? Is that a real game? It is, because that's on the list. Kill Dr. Lucky. Escape Lucky Mansion. Tiger Stripes. Word Blur. And Get Adler. Yeah. Are Kill yeah. Dr. Lucky and Escape Lucky Mansion related? Yeah. So the cool thing is uh, Kickstarter and Kill Dr. Lucky, if memory serves me correctly, and I'm usually wrong with these things, guys, was one of the first cheap ass games. And I think they actually sold it to another company, but then the rights reverted back, something crazy. But it had some broken mechanics in it, and they had a Kickstarter to revitalize it. And it's basically reverse clue where instead of trying to figure out who killed the person, you're trying to kill the person. Anyway. It was the original cheap-ass game. Oh, okay, yes. game 001. And it won the Origins Award for Best Abstract Board Game of 1997. Look at that, internet. Yeah, so, uh, and one of the stretch goals, I think, was there's different ways you can play the game. And the cool thing was one of them in the back was Escape Lucky Mansion, and that's after you finish playing Kill Dr. Lucky, instead of swiping the board, you can start playing the next game where Dr. Lucky comes back as a zombie and now you all have to escape the mansion. <laughs> hmm. Yep. 
Uh, Tiger Stripes, Word Blur. Word Blur gets played a ton, and Get Adler is a hit and roll slash deduction game. I like to call it Guess Who for adults, but that's what I've been playing. You guys want any pitches for any of those, even though I just gave you kind of a pitch for Kill Dr. Lucky? Did cheap-ass games make kobolds ate my baby? Don't think so, but you're okay. the one with the internet. With the computer and you. the internet. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was I was off on a tangent in my head. I don't love the cheap-ass games branding, uh, which is fine. I'm sure like I'm totally alone in that. Uh, but I'd rather just have games that are cheap as hell and not have it be like the thing. Anyway. Well, nowadays they're not cheap as hell anymore because of Kickstarter, their quality. In fact, they just had their latest Kickstarter. I don't remember the name of it, but it's an abstract game. I don't want to say like chess, but it uses wood pieces and it did insanely well because it's some game that's within some novel universe that a writer made that's really popular. I know that was really vague. Sorry. Let's hear about that. See, Tack? Tiger Stripes. Oh, it's Patrick Rothfuss's game. Oh, wow. Yeah, Tack. You want to hear about uh tiger stripes sbj sure sean 1. what am i gonna 3 be million are you kidding me no Sorry. i i told you man i told you it's big deal they're doing amazing things yeah patrick rothfuss is huge and he was at origins last year i think um yeah anyway, sorry well he brought a lot of backers yeah so. Tiger Strikes, SBJ, but I need to know what I am going to be in this elevator in which I'm selling you on Tiger I want you to be Tarzan. Okay. I think I have this. Ding me, SBJ. <laughs> me, Tarzan. Me, little kid, and play little kid game. Fun. <laughs> Three decks. Me, Tiger, and you, Tiger, win if you get stripes. Lose if you don't get a lot of stripes. There's advanced way to play. You have missions, three decks. It's kid's game, but fun. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically... You draw a card and it says like you get three stripes and the first one to get 10 stripes ends the game. And then you get minus two points for every stripe that you're missing, if I remember correctly. And it plays two to four players and it only takes like 10, 15 minutes to play. But the cool thing is the more advanced version is you have these. You also get jewels, which are worth points as well through cards. So you have two different decks. Do you go for the jewel deck or do you go for getting tiger stripes? But the advanced play has a third deck and the third deck makes it so you have missions where you have to start collecting sets of cards or a certain color jewels and whatever. So you could get the stripes right away and end the game, but still end up losing because people got more points getting jewels. So it's a little balancing mechanism. And the cool thing is it's from Philip Dewberry daughter. See what I did there? Made you think it was mm. from Philip Dewberry guy who made revolution, a whole bunch of other games. But it's actually from his daughter with his input, I'm assuming. So, yeah, it's it's a kid's game. It's gorgeous. That's the main thing. Like when you play it down, you actually have a tiger in front of you and you get stripes that fit into it like a puzzle. It's a beautiful game. So really easy on the eyes. And of course, I think that's a necessity if it's a kid's game because it has to keep kids attention. I would cool. totally play it with kids. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Thanks, SPJ. I feel like our, we always like do like 
hit and roll game or party game. So it's nice that you mixed it up with a kid game. Yeah, well, uh, I'm kids friends games with Phil just Dubary. party games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phil Dewberry is an amazing guy, and I'll always back anything he does because he has yet to disappoint me. Yeah. Cool. Sean, what about you? What have you played? I played played it 3000 with Lindsay as per usual. This time, the interesting thing, though, is that we played it on our flight back from New York. We got in from New York last night and uh, we had each of our little areas on our little trays. Super fun. And I've started keeping score in my little pocket notebook that I'm always carrying around. And so we'll play a couple of rounds like a dinner, put the game away, play it later. And we just have this ongoing score and keep a track of everything. Super fun. And I've been playing a lot of Darkest Dungeon, the video game. Uh, yeah, that has to be a time sink, man. Darkest Dungeon. I've wanted it, but I thought, man, it looks like an investment. But it's roguelike, right? Isn't it? It's worth- total. It's yeah. Well, it's permadeath, and there's a lot of procedural elements and randomization. But it's not a roguelike in that like you play one character who dies and the whole game starts over. It's basically a dungeon adventuring management sim. You're like sending guys into dungeons. And they're coming back crazy and fucked up and dying and things like that. And then you're like trying to heal them in town and cure their, you know, psychological maladies and things like that. Getting them drunk so they relieve their stress, that kind of thing. So I like it because it's it's one of my favorite representations of D&D in a video game. As opposed to like Baldur's Gate where you're going on a story or Dragon Age where it's like this big story and there's a lot of focus on tactical combat. This is just straightforward turn-based, go into a dungeon... You know, how, how much light and food are you going to bring? It's very Euro-y for a dungeon crawler, which it really isn't a dungeon crawler, but has art that looks like Hellboy Mike Mignola art. So if, if that's what you're looking for is like a single player Dungeons and Dragons experience with a lot of like numbers, this is for you. But I've, I've definitely put, you know, 20, 30 hours into it um, over the past couple weeks. S-B-J. Alan, where can they find you? Uh, you can find uh, me. Yeah, I, I love you too. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. You can find me on Overwatch. That's Alan, A L A N, pound symbol 11775. Let's play some Overwatch. But realistically, you should find me on Facebook. I'll accept any friend requests. That's A L A N G E R DING, D I N G. I'm also on the tweets at Alan Girding. And we're still running our Kickstarter. So if you send send me a message through Kickstarter, totally answer your question there too. Yeah. And Sean? You can contact me on the World Championship Russian Roulette Kickstarter page by clicking pledge and then typing in the number seven zero 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 zero. It was a joke about money. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Sean McCoy. Cool. And you can follow Tuesday Night Games on Twitter at play PKG. Uh, you can also send in any emails at podcast at Tuesday Night Games dot com. And, and if you care to follow me, I am at Dragging a Lake on Twitter. Otherwise, this episode is finished. finished. I wanted to say it at the same time as you. 